Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. For sports to the NHL, incredibly unique, difficult, and trying time. We hope that this is a step back towards normalcy. Obviously, everything we're focused on starts with health and safety and people's well-being. Uh, but we think we've been able to work very collaboratively with the Players Association and the players to come up with a framework that is fair and has integrity and should result in a terrific competitive playoff, ultimately the awarding of the best trophy in all the sport. That is Judd's favorite Major League Sports Commissioner, Gary Bettman. Gary, the grandkid in the background, the dogs yesterday. It was a feel-good story. Some sort of antique chair in the background as well, which was very exciting. Gary being Gary. It's a, it's a week of power guests on the Mackey and Judd show. Twins president Dave St. Peter led off yesterday and now senior, senior NHL writer at ESPN.com. And he's become a friend of the Mackey and Judd show. Greg Wyshynski, what's going on, Greg? We got a lot to get to with this proposal from yesterday. I, I am quite pow- powerful and influential. I, I used to make that news, that the, uh, that list that the hockey news put out until I started making fun of a lot of their writers, and they stopped putting me on the list. So you got bumped, I, huh? At one point, I was yeah. At one point, I was very powerful and very influential, but not so much now that they don't like me. So, Greg, among career highlights for you personally, where does listening to Gary Bettman explain a draft lottery process that probably is <laughs> is somewhere between calculus and something beyond that rank? <laughs> Well, look, man, you know, the thing about Batman yesterday was that as I was watching it, I was thinking about the culmination of weeks and weeks and weeks of preparation by the NHL in the hopes they could have that moment that they had yesterday. And that was basically Batman's mission accomplished speech, right? I mean, like it's, it's, it's him getting a chance to uh, put it out there that, hey, we've got this format. We're ready to come back. Hey, look, we were before every other sport. Um, you know, and, and it was impressive. And, and some of the things that he was saying yesterday were extraordinarily impressive. And I had people outside of hockey being like, this is the first time I've ever seen Gary Bettman look confident and things like that. <laughs> but <laughs> problem being is that the only thing that they have is a framework. The only thing that they have is a format if they potentially come back to play this summer. And that's the one thing. Um, and, and we have a, a Q&A with uh, Don Fear the head of the National Hockey League Players Association on ESPN.com today. That's the one thing the players are trying to put out there is, look, 
We signed off on a, on a playoff format. That's all we did. Uh, we had not agreed to come back and play. You've got to still prove to us that you've got the testing capacity, that the hub cities are secure and safe, that you're not going to keep us away from our families for two and a half months to play a summertime Stanley Cup tournament. There are so many other details that have to be worked out, but the NHL certainly got exactly what it was looking for yesterday, which is a major splash and, and a show of we are ready to roll and, and build up momentum towards the return of the season. So here is, just for people that, that only saw the headline or didn't see the details yesterday, just a, a brief summary of what Gary Bettman and the NHL has put together for framework here. The regular season is effectively over. So they, they froze the stats as of March 11th. <laughs> and so there are there are no more regular season games or statistics well, as part of this proposal. Let me, let me stop you there because I got stopped there when I said that to Don Fear <laughs> last night. Uh, I asked him a question under the auspices of Bettman said that the stats are frozen as of March 11th, and the head of the NHL Players Association said, well, we don't know that for sure. Okay, um, well. There's this whole <laughs> qualification round you're about to talk about that right. we don't know if they're playoff games or what they are, and the PA apparently doesn't believe that we should be handing out the you know the scoring title Leon Dreisaitl quite yet because the stats might still be counted. So the funny, so the funny thing about that is like we're moving into this 24-team conference-based Call it a postseason format. Call it a half postseason. You know, part playing games. However, you want to quantify the the first round of games inside empty arenas in two hub cities that are to be determined: Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, right here, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Vancouver, all being considered. Canada has some potential hurdles that go beyond. Like we're we're sitting here and we're partying at you know lakes, and we you know half of us aren't wearing masks. Canada's like. Everyone gets quarantined for 14 days if you even like go outside without a mask, basically. So the top four teams in each conference are going to be ranked by point percentage, and they will play a separate round-robin tournament to determine seeding for the first round. The other 16 teams will play best-of-five series, and these games will be played with playoff overtime rules, uh, and these play-in series will determine which teams advance to the traditional 16-team Stanley Cup playoff bracket. The headline here is that the Minnesota Wild have been saved by COVID. Essentially, they would have been <laughs> on the outside looking Barely in. Barely out. Yep. Now they're 16. now they're a ten seed in the West, and they would be matched up in this. Call it a first round. Call it an ambiguous play-in round. They would be matched up against Vancouver, and so I think. I mean, if you're a Wild fan here in the Twin Cities, you get bonus potential playoff hockey, and you get a second life. <clears throat> but what what do you? Okay, so let's go back to what you just said, Greg. What do you make of just the the additional eight teams and the way that they've set this up, and how will it be classified? Do we have they're going to try and call these regular season games still potentially? Well, I'll say this about Minnesota. By the way, they also get a team that was on fire to end the season under Dean Evison. So that that that's a, certainly an interesting part of the equation for Minnesota getting a chance to come back and play. Um, th- no one knows. I mean, here's the thing: <clears throat> that Ben doesn't consider them to be playoff games. The qualification round he he differentiates between the round of 16 being the playoffs and this being a qualification round. Vegas doesn't consider the qualification round to be the playoffs. If you hold the ticket that says, I believe the Minnesota wild will make the playoffs and you put money on that. You can't cash that ticket unless they win that qualification round series and join the round of 16. Um, So there's that. Uh, So there's everybody is, is talking about this being a 2014 playoff. The NHL doesn't, see it that way they see it as a qualification round being something something separate from the playoffs 
which is confusing as all hell, but I mean, there are probably reasons for it contractually. Like part of the reason they're coming back to plan is to satisfy the obligations they have towards local broadcasters, local sponsors. Uh, a lot of these qualification round games are only going to be available on local television. Um, I'm imagining that somewhere in that contract, it talks about like non-playoff games. And so if you call these playoff games, then all of a sudden it becomes different. And also, you know, when we talk about the player stats, there's going to be probably bonus clauses and contracts for playoff performance. You don't want to give these guys an extra five games to try to make those bonuses, right? <laughs> so, like, there's yeah. a lot of parsing of language here, which, if you know Gary Bettman, is kind of par for the course. Exactly. So who, who do you, uh, you think, Greg, team-wise, got the best deal and who got screwed the, the most by these potential uh, qualifying round matchups? <laughs> so um, I want to talk about Pittsburgh for a second because this is really fascinating. So on the one hand, um, they get Montreal. And, and so there's been a lot of concern about, oh, Carey Price could beat them in a five-game series. And that might be true. But they get a 12 seed, and in theory they should be able to beat them. If they do get upset, what Pittsburgh gets is a shot in the draft lottery, which is insane because this is the fifth-best team in the Eastern Conference, and they might actually have a shot based on this format that the NHL cooked up to get the first overall pick and have Alexis Lafreniere, who's a franchise-level player, play with Sidney Crosby next year. So it's one of those deals where a lot of these teams don't get a good draw. I mean, like, once, I mean, Pittsburgh worked their behinds off to become a playoff team, and their reward for that is having to play a five-game play-in series against a team that has no business being in the playoffs. But if they lose, they could end up with the first overall pick. <laughs> so it's like... Explain this of, then, Greg. a lot of that kind of going on. In, in the Zucker trade that the Wild made with the Penguins, that was a conditional, if the Penguins missed the playoffs, um, the, the Wild would not get that pick. And if they made the playoffs, the Wild would get Pittsburgh's first-round pick uh, at the time this June. So if Pittsburgh loses in the qualifying round, then what that basically says is Pittsburgh didn't officially make the playoffs. Is that correct? I assume so. I mean, here's the thing about conditional picks. The last time we, we addressed them, and the NHL has yet to really formally talk about conditional picks uh, since re- revealing this playoff format. The last thing we talked about was the NHL being judge and jury on what those conditions actually mean. So it remains to be seen exactly what the conditions are going to be. Could it be a situation where the Wild get that pick? I don't know. Um, but I, I'm, I, my, my larger point is that every every team that's in that qualification round is in this sort of nebulous place. So some teams like Pittsburgh and Carolina seem like they got jobs because they're playoff teams that have to play against teams that have no business being in the playoffs. Um, and then you know, on the flip side of it, they're also playoff teams that could potentially you know, benefit greatly from the draft lottery. Greg, how do you feel the Wild stack up in a possible series against Vancouver? I don't, I don't know if it's just uh, I'm starred for hockey, but I feel like that's an ideal draw for Minnesota. I mean, it's ideal in the sense that, that Vancouver is a very young team and they've got guys that have not been in this position before. I mean, no one's been in this position before <laughs> to play five-game series in the summer, but uh, they're, they're not exactly the most experienced team. They're, they're a high-octane offensive team with really uh, solid goaltending and, and a lot of players down the lineup that can give you, give you fits as far as their, their grunts go. But, you know, I saw Minnesota at the end of that season, man, and, and, and you know, I thought it was pretty remarkable that Dean Evison had them scoring goals at the clip they were scoring, getting the defensemen involved, playing a, a, a more uh, sort of free kind of hockey, especially in the offensive zone, without the concern for making mistakes they might have had under Bruce Boudreau, um, while also retaining some of the defensive acumen they had under Boudreau from earlier this season. So, I, I mean, 
I don't know what the, what they're going to look like when they get back after a three month or four month layoff. But at the end of the season, I mean, Minnesota is not a team I necessarily would want to play if I were the Vancouver Canucks. So, so he came up with this 24 team format. It, let's say Gary Bettman had had been sitting in his posh twenty million dollar <laughs> establishment, whatever, wherever he was yesterday. He says, "Listen, I'm I'm too rich for this. I'm 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 too old for this. Screw this, Greg. You figure this out. What, what would you if you had the blank canvas?" and you had the opt-in from all of the players in the Player Association, what would you have done? Yeah, it's easy. Uh, seven, seven teams are in the draft lottery. Uh, you know, we either expand the playoffs or we don't, and I'm sorry to all those, those four teams that are now uh, in the qualification sure. round, but, uh, you know, I mean, maybe you work it where if, if the teams that are outside the playoffs now lose in the qualification round, they can get in the lottery. But the idea that playoff teams are in the lottery is a joke. So I would have limited it to the seven, the, the, the seven teams that didn't make it. Uh, and then as far as playoff format, easy peasy, man, 20 teams. I mean, that's, that's what it should be anyway right now uh, in a league where we're going to add Seattle and have 32 teams and only 16 getting in. There should very much be, going forward, a qualification round of four teams, seven plays 10, eight plays nine, and you go from there towards the, the Stanley Cup tournament. It's, it's, it's the logical thing to do, and I hope that this playoff expansion this summer is actually a Trojan horse towards that decision going forward because I, I I mean I just find it to be absurd that half the league doesn't get in the playoffs when do you think the 2021 campaign Greg is going to begin and, and just as importantly do you think we get the winter classic at target field here on Jan 1 or do you think that gets moved because my my guess right now is you're probably not going to want a baseball stadium full of humans given the conditions as early as January 1st what do you think well, or conversely, that's the place you want it to be because you could you could cap the capacity. You'd still make it larger than you'd get it at the at the arena, but you can maybe spread them out distance a little bit, and mm. yeah, and spread them out and, and still make some money and have a, a an outdoor spectacle potentially to maybe even start your season. Because the hot rumor yesterday was, you know, potentially an early January start. I mean, hell, the Winter Classic to start the season would be a pretty impressive thing. Um, <clears throat> I, I mean, the NHL has been talking for a long time about December uh, as a potential start date. Uh, they believe you only need about a month of off season to get all of the business of hockey done. Um, and also, you know, they want to kind of, kind of truncate the off season as much as they can to make sure that teams, you know, that have been not playing hockey since March can, uh, can get back into it as quickly as possible. But not, that speaks to one of two things that are very important to remember right now. We started off talking about how the players have not signed off on any of this officially to come back and play. That's the one important thing. The other important thing is the National Hockey League is very protective of the 2020-21 season, uh, not only because they believe it's when fans can come back and start buying tickets again, which is the lifeblood of the league, but it's also a situation where they don't want to have credits on their ledger for sponsors, for broadcast partners, for everybody else who buys into this league um, you know, towards the revenues that they could make from those people next year. And so that's part of the reason they're coming back is, you know, to satisfy contracts, to make it so they're not uh, trying to make money next season and turn a profit potentially and starting themselves in, in the bottom of, of an abyss. Uh, so those are the two things. They're not going to do anything this summer that's going to impact their ability to have an 82-game 2020-21 season. That is Greg Wyshynski, senior NHL writer at ESPN.com, helping us decipher the NHL's proposal that was uh, unveiled yesterday by Gary Bettman, that if you're a Wild fan, if this thing goes through and everyone agrees to it, you get uh, you get more hockey than maybe you thought you were going to get about 60 days ago. So, Greg, 
Uh, we hope hockey comes back. We hope baseball comes back and everything comes back here. And uh, we'll talk to you. If that happens, we'll probably catch up with you when the when the when the play in portion that we aren't calling a playoff starts. Well, it was a pleasure appearing on your Gary Bettman fan podcast. I, I've uh, <laughs> been a long admirer. <laughs> you know, I love bets, man. <laughs> Thanks, Greg. It's, it's a it's a good it's a good time for hockey. I'm happy. I'm happy it might come back. Exactly. All right. See you, Greg. Take care. All right, uh, Greg Wyshynski from ESPN.com. And cheap plug here, bonus coverage of this on Judd's Hockey Show, also available inside the Mackie and Judd podcast feed. You'll be able to find that probably right now as you listen to this or sometime shortly mm-hmm. after. You know that that it's gone sideways in the world when I was watching the Bettman press conference, fully aware that like this is this is like step two of probably eight steps or something, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm watching the unveil of the teams, and they're like, these are the prospective matchups. And I'm like, this is so great. I was so excited. <laughs> and then, of course, you you hear Don Fair talk about it, and the financials haven't been worked on. And there's a lot of uh, of room that needs to be explored before this gets done. But literally, I was just saying to myself, just seeing brackets, just seeing potential matchups. Oh, yeah. may- Makes me happy right now. I, I just don't. I don't care. I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah. I mean, I this is this is exciting. I look at this and say, well, sixty days ago, the Wild were like inching their way closer to the bracket in the Western Conference, were, and then the season ended, and yeah. it was like, oh man, would have been kind of fun to see the next few weeks play out and see what happens. And now they might, if this plays out the way that it's structured, they might get a five-game series. What I don't get is how do you play an 82-game season in 2021 if you start, let's say, around January 1? Because you're going to have to go deep into another summer again. So are you just going to alter your your schedule forever? Yeah, I think what you're talking about with both the NBA and the NHL is, and I'm sure they're having these discussions, excuse me, do you start your season if you're the NBA on Christmas, which is a great, that's always like a five-game yeah. celebration of the NBA. It's a festival of basketball. Yeah. It's like it's new uniforms. It's the best matchups, superstars. It's great. Family time is done. Family time sometimes basketball is time. over at like 8 in the morning. It's and you just sit time. there and binge snacks and watch basketball <laughs> and whatever. Yep. Uh, I would love if the NBA started on Christmas and then essentially just went head-to-head with baseball through the summer, which it wouldn't even be. Like if, if the NBA playoffs were taking place between – let's say June and August leading up to the NFL regular season. Yep. Good night baseball. I love baseball, but like no one's wa- like as few people are watching Sunday night but baseball the NBA now like in, in that schedule makes sense to me. That's a perfect if if you take if you take basketball back it up to Christmas mm-hmm. and then play through into the summer months, that works. Hockey's Hockey, not a summer sport. Well, but hockey, but that's the thing. Like, like you're ho- not going to be able to do that. But hockey kind of is a summer sport, and that the championship literally takes place like right in the heat of summer. Well, every it takes place year. in June, but it shouldn't. It should be done before that. So, what's the ideal hockey season? Starting probably starting in September, October, ending in like the, May. The, the ideal thing, if if shortened, you could shorten to sixty five games, absolutely. Yeah. If, if I had my magic wand and I took out a little thing called greed, which I going to be able to take out. But if I could take out greed and just say, okay, what's best for the sport? Let's go 65 games, 62 games, yeah. something like that. Bang, playoffs, and we're done by Memorial Day. Yeah. But I don't see how – so if you're going to start on um, January 1 of 2021 and then you're going to start playing, if you go 82 games with with breaks that are mandated, you're going to go into July. 
or and maybe that's pushing the, August or and, something. And maybe that's the compromise. Maybe you maybe you do start on January first. You cram in eighty two games. You finish in July, and you have to condense the schedule, kind of like the NBA. Remember when the NBA twenty two years ago they had the lockout shortened season yes. after Michael Jordan retired, and they they crammed like sixty games into a really short but, window and played. There but was, they crammed them in. Every team at one point had a, th- a three games in three nights situation, right, which players is crazy. Associations now. now, I think, would balk a lot more than back then, don't you? But could you could you run your because your season already runs until like the middle of June? Could you run your season until the middle of July or even like toward the end of July, and then just say, hey? This is weird, but you're going to get like a month and a half off, and then you're going to come back and start the season again, the union, and then we're back on track in 2022. If I'm the union, I have uh, uh, big objections, and I want something for it. The question is, if I'm I don't a player of the Players get, Association, what, what do I get? What can I get back You're not going to get money for it. Maybe you can get some built-in off days But that's my point, is just shorten, I, and I, it sucks, I know, but... Uh, from a financial standpoint, it stinks. But shorten your season. If you shorten the season, it works out perfectly. I agree. You're fine. I want to say something about the the baseball news that came out yesterday because all these leagues are all these leagues now feel like okay, there's no official deadline, but it's almost June, and we're running into all these logistical issues like we just laid out with the NBA and the NHL. And for baseball, the logistical issue is weather. Really, like you can't. You can't just like run your off season. Like if 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 weather wasn't a problem, you could probably well, consider hear, playing. Our guy around me right now. You could consider playing baseball games into like January and then you know start your season like start spring training a little <laughs> bit later. Yeah. But weather is a problem, and if you don't have a plan for where you're going to play in December if the season goes. So yesterday it comes out that the owners of Major League Baseball want the top players in the league, the guys who make 30-plus million dollars, to shave their salaries down below $10 million. Then there's, like, another bracket of guys that make $20 million or, like, 15 to $20 million or something. I don't have it in front of me. And then they would only make, like, 4 or $5 million. And yeah. then guys who make less money would make, you know, $400,000 or something. Like, they're, don't get me wrong. They're all going to be able to feed their families. And so this is just, like, rich guys versus rich guys. But my biggest question would be, if I'm Mike Trout and I make $35 million and owners are asking me to take a cut down to like $7 million so that, hey, like, we're, you know, there's no fans in the stands. Like, we just need everyone to sacrifice. My first question would be, listen, I want to play baseball. I'll be fine off $7 million. My family and I will be fine. Like, I'm totally willing to do this. But aren't you a billionaire? I, it, it, you need to show me how how much of a bath are you That's taking? That's what they want to see. How much is this going to hit your pocket? Yeah. Why are you trying to take money out? You have more money than I do. Why are you trying to take money out of my pocket? I'd want to know that answer. Yeah, and that's if, the one if, thing if I'm Mike Trout. that they're not going to get. The they they have asked owners, you know, countless times before to open their books and show us what you're losing. If you're gonna if you're gonna tell us that you're gonna take a financial bath, show us. Yeah, and the answer is no. Uh, the issue, and I don't know if basketball is going to hit this one or not. They might not. But the issue in baseball, and and as fun as the whole thing with Gary Bettman was uh, when, when it came to the National Hockey League's plan yesterday, the issue there is going to be the exact same, which is what are the financials here. And And the weird thing with this is everyone, when it comes to a player in hockey, uh, basketball too, baseball for sure, all of these guys can hide behind to a certain point too. You're testing what you're testing, and mm-hmm. just keep saying it's not en- enough. We need more, more, more. 
and the leagues are like, well, we're, we're going to try and do this. But the reality in hockey and baseball for sure, and baseball is there right now, is this is going to come down to uh, if everyone's desperate to either play or if you own a team, make money. But how are you going to disperse that? And in baseball, I fear this is going sideways, man. Everything the owners want to do. And if this comes down to the players saying, open your books, we won't have baseball. They're not going to do it, which is really sad. And I know it sounds stupid, but they're not going to do it. If it doesn't happen, I blame the owners more than the players. But if you're the players, I almost feel like it looks, if if you don't just say, all right, whatever, just fine. Just, okay, I'm Mike Trout. I'll just take a $25 million pay cut. Like, even though you're a billionaire, like, that's fine. The players ultimately are the ones that are going to look greedy and bad. That's how this always works. I got a player's question for you. Do you think that that if we get to the Armageddon scenario here, do you think that you could get enough players to break away young guys who are going to get paid decent, you know, but they're not Mike Trout's, to break away and play games? So Trout doesn't play. Mookie Betts does not play. You know, let's say you got 10 to 15 to 20 guys who are just like, peace out, sorry, not for me. But you got young guys who are like, well, one, I'm not myself that rich. I'm rich, but I'm not that rich. And two, I'd like to go play. And some of these guys are single and they're bored as hell. I think the union is going to lock arms regardless. I don't think there's, I think you're probably right. I don't think there's going to be like, oh, well, the the 15 richest players are just like out of principle going to say, screw, screw you, billionaires. We're not going to do this. If that happens, I think the entire union, you're either with them or you're not. I don't think I don't think I, think the, right. I don't think the union would be like, all right, I guess we're going to go forward without Mike Trout and Mookie. The Betts. interesting thing is, I don't think Mike Trout plays regardless. His wife's pregnant and I think due in August. I think there's a good chance that a few of those guys are just like, sorry, can't do it. Man, which is a different story because if that was, you know, let's say two or three star players who said no thanks, I think they would still play. But I think you're right. I think the union is so strong in baseball. If this was football, I would say, you know what? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to start Joe Blow at QB and go for it. Baseball, I think you're right. So where does the Judd Zolgad rule of, hey, if your wife's pregnant and has a baby, you get like 48 hours maximum, and then you got to come back to work. Oh, and this work. one, I if am Mike, pro if player. Mike, if Mike Trout sets out the season. Pro player. Pro player here, it's a pandemic, okay? The Zolgad rules waived for pandemics. I'm saying if things are ordinary and you can fly home or you're on a trip or playing, go to the hospital, get back to your team. But this one is, if Mike Trout's told, hey, man, if you leave, it's going to be two more weeks, you got to self-quarantine, blah, blah, blah. Team Trout for me. I think I think he's a pansy. Listen, you I'm can very always flexible. have more. You can always have more kids. I don't know. I'm very flexible. You know what? Pandemic. What, are you, wearing a, what are you wearing a mask for, Trout? Pandemic. Pandemics change things. Okay. Yeah. Why are you worried about? You're at, we are, we, well, we we still might get into that if we don't today. We can tomorrow, but we have to get to write that down. Predictions coming up next. A few things came off the board last week. We'll go through our accountability session. Oh boy. We're uh, we've we've got <laughs> not go well for you, Dex. We've got events. <laughs> No, it did. Okay. Actually, it did. He gave an old boy. I have, I have, I got one hit. I know that. Well, there's one I need clarification yep. on too. Yep. So well, we'll, yeah, because you you talked about. Yeah, I was, was going to put it in there. The one. I was going to put it in there for you to see, but I was like, you know what? I want to say it to him in person. I think we both need clarification on predictions we made about each other. Yes. Me and Declan. When we come so, back. Okay. Here. All right. Uh, but let's talk about Federated for just a second here. Federated Mutual Insurance Company is helping business owners. You know, business owners right now, your lives are changing in Minnesota these last couple weeks, depending on what type of business you own. 
There are different restrictions being lifted, as you know, and even more categories of businesses, restaurants, starting to have restrictions lifted in the first part of June. And so if you need help with anything, whether it's communications to employees, written pandemic plans, risk management, trusted resources you may need as a business owner are available at federatedinsurance.com, where you can also get a hold of your local marketing representative and connect with a company that's been around in Owatonna, Minnesota for over 100 years. Your team at Federated has kept a strategic focus on policyholder service. Take advantage of their resources at federatedinsurance.com. Remember, at Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it is our business to protect yours. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. And we're going to leave Rami's name until he loses the batting title race. Yeah. And you know, and I would say until he falls out of it because he's been over 400. Yeah, oh, no, you can't take him out. We miss Rami. We Absolutely. wish Rami the best, except for in this game. We wish him the best in life, but not in Write That Down. We're all rooting against him in Write That I'd Down. I'd like to see him do well. Just you, finish second. You came within 10 points of Rami in the batting average race last week. We'll see how much, oh, if any ground, you made right. up on him this week. The way this segment works, we are the only show in the country, at least as far as we know, that uh, keeps track of each other's predictions and holds each other accountable with batting averages and home run totals. We make three predictions each week from everyone on the show. We also have been cataloging all of the former members of the show, former producer Jonathan Harrison, who was last year's batting champion, Manny Hill, and also Rami Makloff. And each week we also bring in a guest listener participant to swing for the fences. That'll be Chris this week. We keep track of batting averages and home runs. And if you want to participate as a listener, just sneak into my DMs on Twitter. I'm at Phil Mackey. You can also hit me up on Instagram at Phil Mackey. And you can uh, send a DM. We're booked, I believe, through like the middle of July right now. But if you want to get in on this segment, hit us up and we will make it happen. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. At some point later in the week. A lot of predictions about each other last week. Yeah. Yeah. Like we yeah. were all telling little, each other to leave the room. A little bit too much, I thought. It was pretty aggressive. Yeah, yeah. it was. I'd like to see it. Uh, I'd like to see it go back to a little bit more of an outside world prediction thing. Uh, well, I've got a theme this week. Which so I don't have to get up. To you guys. I'm tired of getting up. Oh, boy. Is it just laziness for you? You yeah, just, yeah. just like not have to get up. Yeah, exactly. It's got nothing to do with anything but I just don't want to get up and have to go out and wait for you guys, although it is a good chance to get coffee. Well, the good news for you is nothing came off the board for Judd Zilgad. You held So I maintain my yep. my 10 point 10 point disadvantage, is that right? You are 10 points behind Rami Mackle. Okay. So that's correct. Thank you. Yep. Nothing came off the board for Jonathan Harrison. I missed this one a few weeks back. Manny Hill predicted that the Lynx would draft Taisha Harris with their first round pick, which did not happen. I think she went to Dallas in the first round. Rami had nothing come off the board, so nothing changes at the top of the batting average standings. That brings us to myself here, Phil Mackey. I said that Judd's next action movie rewind selection would either be a Rambo movie or a Ro- or Roadhouse with Patrick Swayze. Oh, I watched, I watched uh, the... Roadhouse on Saturday night. What a fantastic! Film. Wow. So you went you went to the wow. Roadhouse well before it's even on the board. It for was us to on. Do. Um, it was on. Is it CMT Country Music Television? Yeah, it's, I saw it in it, the list. It was. For it sure. was fantastic. I loved it. It's as on always. quite frequently, actually. Yeah. It's a really good film. So, uh, so that was 
a bunt single if there was ever a bunt single. Yeah, I really was. You've oh. been sort of eyeing up Rambo and Roadhouse. Yes, I I told you guys probably two months ago now when it was first announced in March, the Big Three reality show. Remember that? that oh, the Big Three is going to do a reality show, that f- basketball yeah. league, yeah. a quarantine reality show. And I said, there's no way that takes place. They were going to film it in May. And I told you in March, there's no way this takes place in May. And the wording was, that show will get derailed in May by coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, a couple weeks ago, multiple reports said the filming has been delayed until August or September due to concerns about COVID-19. Yeah. Right. Not and a home run. The season easy. got canceled too, correct? I think it's all just like they just call it off in flux. I don't really put know. Put it in next year? Yeah. This is the one I need a ruling on here, all right? Mm-hmm. Or I just need Declan's honest answer. Yeah. I predicted last week that Declan Goff, between Thursday and Sunday, so between like when we got done with our show on Thursday and the end of the day on Sunday, okay. so a four-day chunk, basically, yeah. that you would spend at least $100 on alcohol. What's your honest answer? Yeah, so Friday I made a killing. Um, it was a seltzer sale at Certix. I wow. walked out with even the lady was even like, that's a kind of a lot. And I was like, there's a sale. Like I I'm, I'm guapping up. She's here. judging you. He was judging me for my White Claw intake. Dude, that is, by the way, White Claw, congratulations to White Claw, the number one selling seltzer again across America. I thought you switched, Mackie. I'm a. I thought you adopted something else. I'm open for business. I'm not off nice. of White Claw, but I'm definitely in on Corona seltzer. You're not loyal. I'm, in on You're not loyal. I'm loyal. No. Yeah, Declan's much loyalty, more loyal. Loyalty, loyalty, loyalty. Yeah, Declan's way more I am loyal not a, I am not a one seltzer so, man. So Friday, I dropped 57 at Certix. And then I went to a went to my sister's over the weekend, and I picked up another sixer, which brought my total to about seventy. So I spent seventy dollars the liquor That's store. That's it. That's it. Seventy dollars. My brother almost uh, ruined it for me. He tried to say like, "Hey, I heard you have a liquor store bet." And I was like, "I don't want to know. I don't know what to know. I don't know what it is." But uh, no, just seventy. Seventy dollars. If you want receipts, oh, I can give you receipts. But uh, fifty-seven on Friday and like ten on Saturday. I'll so. trust him. Judge, you trust him? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. Fair enough. By the way, uh, the official, the category of seltzer alcohols and similar things like hard lemonades, basically like a spiked water or a spiked fruit juice of some kind. Yes, sir. Those are called, according to Darren Ravel's tweet yesterday, malternatives. Mm. Have you guys ever heard that phrase? No. A no. malternative? I don't know. I'm a big Darren Maybe sit Ravel display fan. out, Darren. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can he not, can he <laughs> not be an expert let's, on something? Let's take another lap there. Is this accurate? So White Claw Hard Seltzer was up 330% year over year in sales, according to this graphic. I'm that probably makes sense. That yeah. sounds right, because I feel like the boom, I mean, it's been around for like three, five years. Over a billion dollars in sales generated by White Claw Hard Seltzer. Yeah, that does not surprise me, actually. Number two in the standings, Truly, with $438 yeah. million. The android of, of seltzers. No one, no one <laughs> likes Truly. It's true. If you like Truly, you like androids. 100%. But, like, a lot of people are into both Androids and Trulies. Well, and if they want to sponsor the Mackie and Judd podcast, for sure. you'll change your tune oh, immediately. 100%. We're going to get Declan to do those reads, yep. and it'll be glorious. Oh, be great. Uh, Twisted is number three on this list. I like Twisted. Never had Twisted. Twisteds are good. Is that, is that the, the spike tea? Yeah, the tea. Those are good on a hot day. Those have been around for a long time. Really good. The Twisted Twist- tea ads were out. Twisters is the kids call them. Judd is mortified by this conversation right now. Yeah, Judd is very checked out. I just out. want a beer sponsor, well, stop okay? Stop me when we get to one that, you have, that you've drank a full bottle right. or a can of, okay? Okay. Smirnoff is four. 
330, uh, $370 million. That's a practical I've joke. probably had one Smirnoff. Mike's Harder and Mike's Hard oh, are yeah, both in that. separate categories. That's old school. Yep. What's it's, so Mike's harder is just like they just put more, more alcohol in it <laughs> or something. Booze. Yeah, more booze. I Mike's, love, I love Mike's a, softer is not as much booze. Yeah. <laughs> it's the light beer. Dude, I love at some point in a meeting behind the scenes at Mike's Hard, whatever parent company it is, someone was like, "You know what I like to do? I like to uh, put a little put a little vodka in my Mike's Hard just to just to you know ramp it up a little bit." And some executive was like, "That's genius. Let's just do that and call it Mike's." And harder. then called it Mike's Harder, Bud Light Limerita. Reds. What's going to be Mike's plus? God, those are awful. Four Loco? What's Four no, Loco? Uh, you've lost four me. Loco? Oh, Four Loco is deadly, man. I mean, when they first came out, like when I was in high school, early college, like people were dying off it. It, it screws you up Super strong quick. or what? Super strong. Hmm. Super strong. The they dialed content? it back. What's the alcohol uh, content for? I, I think know? now it's like five or seven, but it used to be oh. like 10 or 12. All right. Okay, that's dangerous. And, and it was like a, a pounder. It was huge. Interesting. So Write it, it down. Was, you like writing things down? Those were deadly. Right. For the rest of the list, you can see my retweet from yesterday if you want to. Uh, listeners, Abdul predicted that – actually, this was uh, this is from last week. That was the Justin knocks out Ferguson in the first round. We had that one last week. So listeners had nothing come off the board. Declan, you said Judd would give Speed at least seven Seagulls on the 1 through 10 Seagull ranking, and that was your first hit. Yeah. Oh, and write that down. Congratulations That's right. to Thank Declan. Thank you, sir. First hit. Thank you, sir. Nice job, dude. <laughs> it's like that dude from uh, Little Big League, the, the, that Jerry White guy that gets the seeing eye single through the yeah. left side of the infield. And everyone's yeah. like, yeah, yeah. boy, that yeah. Was me. get it going. My playing career and write go. that down. Yeah, the same. Dropped They're both are rolling around. But go. you also, you got a little full of yourself. You predicted <laughs> that you would get a good question point from uh, Wild GM Bill Guerin on last week's Judd's Hockey Show. And ne- neither of us really came close. No, I'll give you that. No, we didn't. So, All right, the clarification two. On, your, on your bet. Yep. So I predicted that you would bring up by the end of Monday's show that you had a, a white claw and that you did takeout. Now, I made the mistake of saying Monday's show Ooh, because there was tough. no live show on Monday. Oh! You mentioned you had a white claw. Well, did I say it in the re-rack of uh, the first ever episode of Mackie and Judd? Actually, I don't know. I didn't listen back. I, can, Crap, I, I, I can confirm six and a half years ago Honestly, you did not talk about it. Um, so you, you mentioned white claw on Thursday's show. You didn't mention anything about takeout on Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, and we didn't have a show on Monday, so it was wrong. I, I'm incorrect. So there's really no clarification needed. Yeah, there really wasn't. I was. I should, <laughs> yeah, next time I'll say I'm wrong. I was going to say, what the hell is that about? Been down that road. Yeah. Well, in fairness, like I probably because I I was thinking normal weekend too, and so I could have extended my prediction about you through Monday. Yeah. And it wouldn't matter because you probably didn't. You, you, did you buy thirty dollars of alcohol on Monday? No, I didn't go to the liquor store on Monday okay. or Tuesday. I've right. been since Friday. That was a day of recovery, gentlemen. No, it wasn't. Monday was a day to recover no, for me. So, so Sunday he, was harsh. Here are the batting averages on the season. Rami Makhlouf still hitting 405 with one home run. Judd Zolgad 395 with a home run. Mm-hmm. Declan, John Harrison, and myself, Phil Mackey, all sitting at 250. Hey-o. Declan, no home runs. John and I both have two home runs apiece. Yeah, Listeners batting just a buck 30 with a home run. Manny Hill, a buck 20 right. with no home runs. We've got guest listener predictor Chris. What's going on, Chris? How are you doing today? Um, Well, like the rest of the world. Amen, dude. Amen. Write this down. What is your strategy today? Are you going to be squaring around to beat out Bunce, or are you going to swing for the upper deck? Don't be Declan, Chris. Um, no, it is some serious uh, <laughs> serious thought went into all three of these. But, uh, one of them was actually going to be changed because of uh, you know the possibility of hockey coming back in the wild making the playoffs. 
Write this uh, down. Well, you you get to lead off here, so you tell us what you want. Your you, we'll, we'll go around the room. We'll start. We'll each make three predictions. We'll start with you. Give your first one over to Judd, Declan, and I will round out the group. Chris, you're in the batter's box. Fire away, sir. Write it down. You like writing things down. Speaking of batter's box, last year, 6,776 home runs were hit in Major League, creating a per-game home run average of 1.39. My prediction is that if baseball comes back and let's say they play 81 games or whatever, that this year they're going to have a higher uh, per-game home runs hit of 1.4 or higher for, uh, for the 2020 season. So a higher home run rate is what you're saying? Yes. Write it down. Mackie you like writing things down. Right there. Yeah, that's very Mackie. Deep into the stat bag. Write this Am I down. next? You're up, Jed. All right. Write this down. The National Football League will have at least two players diagnosed with COVID-19 once the season starts and will not stop play. At least two. My guess is way more than two, and they're going to be like, oh, you know what? Put him on the injury report and quarantine his ass, and we're going to keep playing football games. <laughs> yeah, so that, they will not that gonna stop be a, That's going to be part of the injury list? Is Hell it going to say illness, or will it say COVID quarantine? Illness. For Tom Brady, it'll illness. still just say shoulder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> illness is what it'll say. You're right. Tom Brady's on a ventilator. It's a shoulder injury. Yeah, don't, don't worry Write about this him. down. Write it down. You like writing things down. <laughs> All right, back to Declan. <laughs> All right. So with the NHL announcing their plan to replay, uh, to return to play, oh. The NBA will announce their return to play by next Wednesday's Write That Down episode. So, so this will be like, week, like the NBA will make their announcement and then the to players return can, to play. Then the players can bitch about it all yep. they want. But, but the NBA <laughs> will make an announcement, a formal announcement of a return to play by next Wednesday. Here's the difference between the NBA and the other leagues. Yep. The other leagues, the owners put out their proposal, mostly out of exasperation because they don't have a great relationship with the players. And then the players complain about the proposal. And then there's just a fight back and forth publicly. Yep. I feel like the NBA has a better relationship between Adam Silver and owners and players. And so whatever the NBA puts out, it won't be like, well, all right, well, here's our proposal. Let's play this out in the media. I think it'll be Adam Silver having conversations in private with the 15 best players and the owners, and it won't be a war. Write this down. All right. Here's my theme for the week, gentlemen. Oh, boy. There's enough live sports happening. This is the problem with Write That Down this year. For, like, the last two or three months, we've been making predictions about stuff that, you know, because there's nothing happening. There's not a are Twins game tonight. Are you going to NASCAR predictions? I am making predictions about live sports that are taking place right now. Oh, you might okay? make a NASCAR prediction. I might have to quit the show. And we'll start with a NASCAR prediction. <laughs> yeah, I might go to bed, yeah. Write this down. Coming up later this week, I, I, I believe okay. there's a race today because they're racing like twice a week right now to jam some stuff Jack in. Them. So God bless them. This race today that's happening, I don't care about that. All right. I'm eyeing the Supermarket Heroes 500 this weekend at Bristol Motor Speedway. <laughs> I'm sure you'll watch it. Okay. The Supermarket <laughs> yeah, Heroes 500. He's got to look through stuff. He has no idea. Yes. The, the winner of that race vroom, vroom. will be my guy, Kevin Harvick. Okay. Kevin Harvick is going to bring it home in the Supermarket Heroes 500. Write that down, Declan. You got it. It's Kevin with a capital K. Okay. Harvick. Kevin Harvick. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. That's right. (laughs) I know a thing or two about NASCAR, okay? Okay, now Judd's going to go wrestling. Write that down, I'm sure, next week. Phil actually used to like NASCAR. I thought he was over it. I did. Actually, yeah, you know, Kevin Harvick, I believe, took over when Dale Earnhardt died. Kevin Harvick, like, as a rookie driver, took over his car. And they give him a new number. It's kind of weird, but. All right, back to Chris. Go ahead. Um, keeping with the baseball theme, uh, last year, uh, Mitch Garber for the Twins had a 11.3 per 
plate appearance or per at bat for his home runs, hitting 31 home runs. But um, I think this year he will actually um, maintain or have a lower per home run um, uh, average um, kind of prediction. I, I wanted to say that he was going to hit 25 home runs, but I think that'd be a little bit too generous. No, let's let's just simplify uh, it by saying he's going to have a better home run per plate appearance rate than he did last year. How does that work? Yeah, that, absolutely fine. He's going to be a he's going to be a more prolific home run hitter per plate appearance than he was last year, which I think a lot which, of people which, would bet against that. But I don't I don't know. He looks like he might have clicked last year. Which is kind of funny because um, just just today, looking at this, baseball reference is something very cool. They actually have 2020 stats of what players would be hitting right now, um, you know, based on it. And, like, Pete Alonzo would have 20 home runs already for 54 games. Nelson Cruz is showing 12 home runs, and they actually only have Mitch Garver having five. So it's just uh, Disrespectful. It's, it's kind of an interesting – yeah. So disrespectful. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. I, li- I like C- Chris is hitting close to home with my, yeah, st- oh, my statistical soul heavy, here. I heavy like statistical. Over to Judd. Predictions. Um, I I guess that this is going to break into a theme as well uh, for me, but it's not going to be live sports now. It's going to be uh, COVID-19 predictions. The Winter <laughs> Classic. The winter, We're all going to die. The, win, the Winter right. Classic will not kill anybody because it's not going to be played on January 1st. They're not going to social distance in Target Field. The, the very reason to have that game there is to jam as many butts in seats as possible to make as much cash as possible. The Winter Classic is not going to be played January 1st this coming season okay. okay fair enough write this down write that down i, I don't have a pencil well, remember that then all right with the nhl playoff uh, return to play being announced they said training camps will start no earlier than july 1st but there will not be any nhl game played by july 20th scrimmages excluded so if there's a scrimmage it does not count i'm talking about one of the round in uh, round robin playing tournaments there will not be any of those games by july 20th okay Write this down. Write it down. Did you they, like writing things down. Did, I thought they indicated that 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 date. Well, I know. Get passed, oh, oh they? no! Wait, hold on is, a second. Is I took Declan notes. trying to sneak one hold by on, here? Hold on, hold on. Is Declan no- pulling the move that Judd used to pull like four hold years on. ago? I took notes. like read a report on Google News. I have training camp doesn't start would start no sooner than July one. Yeah, but and and it would start not before July one, but by the second half of July. For training camps. Okay. So phase, do you want me to... phase four is then hockey resumes. This? That's TBD. How about this? That'll be August. How about August 1st? There won't be any game by August 1st. That's still too early. Phil, it's up to you. Committee? You know what? I'm okay with this. Okay. August 1st? I'm okay with this. Okay. Yeah. August 1st. I'm good with this. All right. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. All right. Did you guys know that NASCAR has a truck series as well? Yes, everyone it's knows. It's called the Gander yeah. Truck Series. They've had that truck series forever. Yeah, they instead of racing cars and turning Gander. left, they run. They race trucks Mountain. and they turn left. They don't even like NASCAR, and I knew that. So coming up, the next <laughs> truck series that. race, I don't know why, they, they must get like a week off or something. The next race is actually Saturday, June 6th. It is the Vet Ticks Camping World 200 at Atlanta Motor Speedway. The winner of that race, write this down. Write this down. Will be Johnny Sauter. That's right. Johnny, Johnny have you, Sauter. Have you, have you heard of Johnny 
Sodder before you Johnny's, picked him to win. You said I've never Razor. heard of Johnny Sodder if in my life. If you say you worked in our sales team, I'd believe you. I have oh, no so idea who I. that guy is. Johnny Sodder, Johnny Sodder. one of the most totally one of the greatest it. truck racers in American That comes right. I have no history. idea. If some dude came up t- yeah. t- today and said, Hey, Johnny Sodder here, nice to meet you, I'd be like, Hey Johnny, hey, what's Johnny, going what's on? Going on? Yeah. yeah. That's right. He's Johnny, gonna, he's gonna race you off the, off the stoplight line of scrimmage. Johnny Sodder definitely doesn't drink white claw. I can tell you. Write it down, you like writing things down. Looking at his picture. Sounds like a wrestler. All right, Chris, this is your last swing here. Make it count. All right, this, this one is uh, on the uh, on the still front. Um, being how much of a Stay by the Bell fan you are, I'm probably a bigger Stay by the Bell Stay by the Bell fan than than um, you might be, because I actually grew up during the time it actually was actually on the air. But you may not know that there's actually going to be a reboot of Stay by the Bell that is going to be on one of the new streaming platforms. I think it's called Peacock or something like that. But Zach Morris is the current governor of California. Wait, they're bringing, are they bringing Mark Paul Gossler back for this? Yes. They are. This is very exciting. (laughs) What? Chris is, Chris is talking about a very exciting project. Yes. It's great. And so my prediction is during that run of the new show that he is actually going to announce he's going to run for president. So that, that is, one prediction that uh, I think is very cool. So. Wait, so so this isn't like being reported. This is just you, this is your guess as to yes. what's going to happen on the show. Yes, that Zach Morris. That is, yep. that is correct. Is is he still with Kelly Kapowski? That is the unknown. But <laughs> as it sits right now, um, Slater is going to be the new principal or the, the new uh, gym teacher at uh, Bayside. Of course. And apparently three. So Zach, child. Uh, Slater's child and Jesse's child all go to Bayside. So apparently the, the premise is being the governor of California, Zach Morris shut down a whole bunch of schools, and so kids are having to be shuffled, and they all end up at Bayside. So where in this production meeting did they get to a point where they were like, should we give Dustin Diamond a call? What should oh, we do with Screech? And they're like, ah. you got to get him back for think, at least one show, don't you? He's still in jail somewhere outside Milwaukee for stabbing get, someone with a spork. you got to get, <laughs> get Screech back. Did you, did you guys see Screech on that Celebrity Fit Club oh, show on VH1? Celebrity Fit oh, Club was great. Yeah, he's nuts. It's a great show, yeah. but like that dude is one of the most terrible human beings on 100%. the planet. That's why he's got to no back. No <laughs> Write it down. You like writing things down. Uh, Chris, we thank you for making your Good predictions stuff, and for listening to the show. Since you have this giant platform right now, is there anyone you'd like to thank <laughs> in your life that got you to this point? Kelly Kapowski. Um, uh, <laughs> Lisa Turtle. Well, yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I was definitely a Kelly fan, but um, <laughs> nothing wrong with that, man. Forty years ago, um, Herb Brooks and and Team USA brought us. I think we lost Chris. Oh, no, man, he says he's still connected. Chris, you there? I think we lost Chris. The gremlin, the gremlins, the the Herb Brooks gremlins ate what his. What was phone. he gonna say? I think Zach Morris hacked his phone and and. Was upset about I the guess call, maybe. Chris, send us a tweet, and we'll we'll. Uh, and by the way, I was very yeah, that was awesome. By the way, the thought of Zach being president, come on, like let's be that would never. So just happen so I'm sure country. on my notes here, Zach Morris will announce a run for president on the reboot of Say by the Bell. Is that yes. what he basically yes. said? Yes. Okay. But it couldn't happen. I mean, right? I mean, that could never happen. I love an actor. Judd gives me crap for poking holes in the physics of speed. Yes, and now he's going down this path. No, of like Zach Morris could never be. Phil, you're taking this wait movie. Too no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Ronald Reagan was president. Oh, that's why I, I said an actor could never be president. Oh, I got you. I got you. No, I got you. I'm I'm mocking it because Chris was right. <laughs>
Okay. I can see Zach Morris as president. Listen, okay. I, my guess is Zach Morris probably probably went back to uh, the beach club. What was the beach club? They had like that. I didn't watch the show. What? It was before. It was after my time. Oh my god! I mean, I've saw I've saw some episodes of Saved by the Bell, but no, it was. It was you ever watched it in syndication? I've seen every episode, no, no fewer than three times. No. Actually, dude, we should do I some sort a of a Mackie and Judd. We should do like a Saved by the Bell episode rewind. Well, I we're doing a, action oh, rewind. Should we do Saved by the Bell episode rewind? I'm at I'm at Jack for HBO Max launching because Fresh Prince of Bel Air is all on there, and I'm excited to binge that Saved, again. Saved by the Bell is one of my favorite syndication shows, which I think I started watching. So it came out in, it started in the late 80s as Good Morning Miss Bliss, right? And it was in, uh, they, Indiana. Went to, they went to middle school in Indiana. Indiana, and, and then to transition from that to Saved by the Bell in 90, 91. Somewhere in there. And, yeah. and I probably started to watch it in syndication circa 93. It was never explained, it was though. It was always on. It was great. It was never explained why Slater, Zach, Jesse, and Lisa, and Screech, I believe, it was never explained why all of them just like, were all of a sudden in California. I thought Slater joined in California. You're right. So it was it was Zach, Screech, Jesse, and Lisa were part of the and it was that other crew. and Tori, who got written out. Boring character. Well, a girl named Tori. No, Tori came on later. Tori came on in like their junior year of oh, high school. I thought she was. You're in, thinking no. There was like another. There was another brunette gal. I have no boring. idea. She's bad. And then it was the other, uh, like the curly hair kid too. That was he was like Slater, but not as buff and not as fun. Yeah, just not a. Yeah. You know what? Put it down. We should do Let's this. Let's do it. Let's okay. say by write the bell. Write this down. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things down. Where are we at here? Judd. Yeah, write prediction. that down. Yeah. You know why? Because I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so I'm so scared to I'm make so this prediction. I'm so scared. Oh, Declan's like, Zach, right. I might be doing pills. I mean, it's Hollywood. Who would have thought it? Okay. Uh, write this down. <laughs> the Vikings will play no more than two preseason games this summer. So they're not going to play for it. There ain't no way they're going to make these teams travel around and play for exhibition games, but they probably are going to have to play a few just to get set. So I think we are going to get our, our, our long-term Wait. wish of cutting the preseason down. The Vikings will play no more than two preseason games this summer. I thought that was already part of the new proposal before, like with the season changes and the, it is, the playoffs. but not for this year. Oh, not for this year. Got it. It's this okay. year. Okay. Write this down. Write that down. All right, back to Declan. All right. Judd, you can stay in the room for this one. I don't even care. Um, Judd will go to a bar in 2020. Judd will go to a bar okay. in 2020. Does patio count? Yep, patio counts. Does, Thank you for specifying. What if Judd goes yeah, to could, get takeout? So he sure. he goes up to a he goes up I've to bunnies for takeout. I've got a drink at the bar. No, he has to drink at the bar's establishment. So he has to either be inside the bar or or seated Correct. on the patio at a bar. And no, yes. And Judd, you better. Be truthful to me. Yeah, wait. I don't if I'm at a table, if I'm at a table, it's not the same as being nope, at the bar. That's, no, well, that's it's at, Declan's prediction. So yeah, I'm just saying. bar or patio. You will be at. You will be at a bar or patio in 2020. 100. Yeah. percent Write this cave. down. Write it down. You like writing things down. You like booze as much as I do. Write this down. In the spirit of keeping up with the live in action sports leagues, Bundesliga is playing soccer games. <laughs> they are. Bundesliga is playing in front of empty stadiums, and they are piping in crowd noise for goals on the television broadcast. So write this down. I believe this match takes place either later today or tomorrow. Leverkusen will beat SC Freiburg. Leverkusen <laughs> will beat SC Freiburg in nice their spelling. upcoming Bundesliga match. All right. That's uh, L-E-V-E-R-K-U-S-E-N oh, beats S-C Freiburg 
Write it down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write this down. It sounds like a dirty I'm word, doesn't it? I'm sick of making predictions that aren't going to come off the board for like three months. I need live sports predictions. So this not, is me being. Not me. Chandler, I'm more than happy to back it up. Channeling my inner degenerate right here. Uh, we're going to wrap with Roycey in just a moment after we thank a couple of our favorite sponsors here. Luther Brookdale Toyota, 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard. They are doing something that's, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I. Just out of laziness, I probably would have asked them to do this long ago, and maybe maybe they can keep this going. In order to keep you safe and to keep their team members safe, and just for convenience sake, if you want to check out a brand-new 2020 Camry or RAV4 or Tacoma, you can schedule a test drive where they bring the vehicle to you. That's right. You can just be sitting at home, I don't know, sitting in your sweatpants. I mean, I would mix in a shower so you're not disturbing everyone, but... Eh. They'll uh, they'll bring a car out to you. You can drive it around. Shower, shower, shower. When's the last time you guys showered? Uh, two hours ago. Okay. Um, yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, go check those 2020 Camrys, Rav4s, and Tacomas out. Just don't uh, soil them too badly if you haven't showered. Uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Let's also talk about Dennis Kirk here. Yeah, thank you, Dennis Kirk, for sponsoring Mackie and Judd and Score North. And obviously the weather is warming up. There was a little bit of some rain last night. I was looking forward to a really nice thunderstorm. I really was. We haven't had a good thunderstorm yet in 2020. I was looking forward to that. That did not happen. I grabbed my claw. I was out on the porch. I was ready to watch a good thunderstorm. That did not happen, and that's okay. But the weather's heating up, and that's a good sign. And it's time to get you and your motorcycle ready for riding season. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, Cruiser, sports bike, dirt bike, or any type of motorcycle, they have what you need. And through May 28th, Dennis Kirk is offering 0% interest for up to 12 months, over 160,000 products in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 order ship free. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. All right, we uh, we go out to parts unknown where traveling Patrick Royce has pulled over to the side of the road to fulfill his rapping with Royce obligations. What's going on, Pat? I'm in some uh, old office uh, thing here in front of a state farm building right now. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, the birds are chirping and everything's fine. So uh, everything's uh, boys. Uh, what we saw yesterday is the uh, worst thing we've ever seen in the city, and I don't know what the hell. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Joe, uh, Joe, and I talked about it yesterday, and I said disgusting, but I was thinking about that. Need a much better word than that. Uh, much more volatile word than that. Uh, you know what I discovered today, though? Uh, I talked to some a uh, couple of white folks about this, and none of us could watch it watch it to the end. And I talked to a couple of black guys, and they couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. Because they were so mortified. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think we're all offended, but we're simply offended in different ways. That's for sure. And I think I, 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 you know, I keep stumbling upon the word incident and, you know, I've even used the word incident in describing it a couple of times. And like, that's there, there are certain things that pop up. You could look at the Philando Castile yes. incident, if you want to use that word mm-hmm. a few years ago. And as you see the tape play out, you could, if you are a defense attorney and you are representing the police officer, you could say, listen, I mean, he he didn't know what Philando was reaching for, and you could have that discussion. 
There is no discussion on this one, Pat. There is no, like it is an unarmed black man face down with a knee on his neck and three other police officers essentially doing nothing to say. Does no one step in and say, "Hey, hey, hey, listen! Like we've got, well, we've got, we've I, got this under control. Like take your knee off his neck, man. We don't need to do that's this." That's what I couldn't believe that the uh, the guy next to him was just sitting there. They all turned. They didn't want to watch it. They were. They all turned. They, well, the, the, they, I guess I, I can only claim to have seen the one cop closest to him, but he didn't want to watch us. He, he didn't. You know, he turned around and let the guy do whatever he wanted to do. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That that is there. Everything else we've had in this town. You could, you know, you, you can certainly see how uh, witnesses might have been upset, but the, but we never, we've never seen anything to compare with this. We've never seen anything. Uh, I mean, I was, I was talking to a couple of guys today that are, you know, one was one guy uh, I was talking to Phil Williams, the boxer, you know, the, Phil the drill, boxer, Phil the drill, and he said, you know, he's he, he runs that gym over on North Side with Ryan Burnett and Ryan, you know, Ryan restaurant owner great guy he said ryan burnett understand and they're like brothers you know they're the best of friends and he said ryan burnett understands but he can't feel it like we can you know being a blackie you can't we can we can't know the anguish that uh you know that, that, that black people are feeling we could be outraged but we can't know that we, we don't have it in our guts i don't think yeah you know Hey, Patrick. I don't know. Hey, Pat. Yes. In your time on this earth, have you, and perhaps that this did occur in the 60s, um, but have you ever seen us as a society have the utter lack of tolerance and compassion that we have right right now? I, I mean, this this incident to me, where this country is going, it's really hard to stomach and fathom that, that human beings can be so intolerant and not compassionate at almost every turn now. I'm not saying everybody, but a lot of people. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I guess we could get political about it, but we don't have to, but I'm not going to. But uh, it is, uh, I, I, when I saw the thing in Georgia about the two guys chasing the, the jogger down, and I, you know, and my whole thought, what is wrong with us? What has happened to us? But uh, you know, now this is now we have it right here. We got it. Uh, you know, you guys could you guys could make a two minute detour on your way home and uh, go to the site of this thing. So it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's bad. It's, it's it's because everything is everything is political now. Not everything was not always political, but I mean, wearing a mask is now political, right? Yeah. Whether you choose to wear a mask or not is political. We a a reporter up in Stearns County, at you know, not there with any agenda, but wearing a mask gets taunted, gets basically abused by the crowd because he's wearing a mask, which means he's anti-Trump, right? Uh, it, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I'm not, you know, I got I. I the mask is a rarity for me. I got one now, and I'm wearing it at grocery stores and stuff, but just to make other people more comfortable. But I don't see it as a political statement, you know, one way or the other. I mean, it, it, everything is political. It's unbelievable. Not only, just to take it a step further, Pat, not only is wearing a mask political, 
science has become political. Depending on what, like what, okay, which scientist said it? Was it a scientist that had ties to a democratic organization at some point? <laughs> In which case, they are only they are only putting out this information as a way to ding uh, mm-hmm. Donald Trump or, or or the other way around. Like it's it's unbelievable to me the things that are, that we are like things that I never thought could be politicized and the things yeah. that are now being politicized in this country. Well, well, I about 2 weeks ago I started ripping walls on Twitter for his inconsistencies, his amazing inconsistencies in what's closed and what's open, and I immediately was being attacked by lefties for my apology. Keep your right-wing politics out of this. Well, <laughs> I, I voted for George McGovern and I've voted a straight CFL <laughs> ticket ever since. Okay? I've never voted for a Republican. But in this case, I think Walls has been horribly inconsistent and has left a lot of ruin in his wake. And I had to say that. So, but people don't buy that. They think. Well, we, we call right, that Pat. We call that agenda. we call that nuance as well. <laughs> that baby, that is gone in 2020. That is that is completely gone. All right, Patrick. Uh, I'm giving uh, the gentlemen. What are you watching? There? What, 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 wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, I'm giving baseball about a 15% chance. This thing is now, going to be a complete I mess. I read a long story today, but they're fighting about money. Huh? Yes, yes. They came up with a proposal that basically takes the superstars' pay and cuts it down to a very small portion of the millions they're used to getting. Oh, okay. That's the problem then. Huh? Yes. They, they wanted to pay the lesser ones. and uh, Yes. So, well, you're right. And it's going to look bad because your your poor suffering hockey players are going to come back and play for eight dollars and fifty cents an hour, and uh, the the, football, the baseball players are going to uh, are going to uh, fight it. So uh, that's I, I don't know. It's uh, it would be interesting to see if uh, the players had a decent leader now who would. Uh, you know, this might be the point to negotiate a uh, five-year extension, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Avoid the okay. problems we're in a couple years. Yes, we're going to do you a favor now, fellas. But uh, yep. we're taking a year of free agency away and some other things if if you want to do this. But uh, I, I I don't know. I guess here's the trouble: when it when it falls apart and they don't play, they're going to end up calling each other names and look, really look bad for a month, aren't they? Until football camp starts, and then they, yeah, worry then they'll be that. forgotten. Pat, it seems like <laughs> it seems like if there is a league that is going to put out a proposal where everyone on on the players' association side and the league side all agree with it, it would be the NBA because it just seems like they have the best relationship. Yes. Like this, yes. what the NHL and what Major League Baseball are doing is literally like, all right, well, we're gonna we're gonna throw the first proposal out because you know we want the high ground here, and then if you guys yeah. want to, you guys want to go if. If Mike Trout wants to say I'm not going to play for seven million dollars, then he can he can look greedy, and the billionaires look like, well, I, I, what, what do you want us to do? My uh, my source on this, by the way, is not Rami, but uh, people are telling me that this Manford is an egomaniac, and uh, you know he wants what he says. He wants to be law, and he wants everybody to listen to him. You know, Bud was just kind of an affable dope. But, uh, you know, I, I love Bud, but Bud wanted the players to like him. This guy wants to defeat them. And, uh, and I, I, you know, but if anybody, what have 
they ever done that they didn't screw up? Let's okay, we're going to take the collision out way at home plate, right? Yeah. So now we're going to call somebody out who's twenty five. We're going to call somebody safe who's twenty five feet from home plate because a catcher puts his left foot in the batter in the box waiting for him. Amen. I mean, at second base, I mean, okay, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to have instant replay. Okay, that guy's finger came up by a centimeter off the base diving back there he's out right yeah it's uh they they they're unbelievable they can screw up anything uh and by the way if you don't want to pay him don't go and give him these ungodly salaries you gave him this uh this uh off season for goodness sakes. I, I don't know. Yeah, I just have a hard I time believing that the teams and the owners are just like riding a red line between filing bankruptcy if they don't shave Mike Trout's they salary. They want to make the money. You know? They just want to make the money. Yeah. The teams, uh, the uh, the Twins are getting good talk though nationally. It's one of them and the Cardinals. I yep. think are the only two that have guaranteed to pay their employees through June. So. The A's cut a, b- a bunch of them, I think, um, from their staff. And, and the problem now is Teams are starting to cut their scouting staffs because that's the that's not a hard thing to do. Well, yeah, with a five person draft, with a five yeah. draft, you don't need. Yeah, exactly. Is the draft at the same time? By the way, or the yes, the it's a five. Yeah, it's, yeah, five rounds early June time. Yeah. By the way, Brad Pitt cut all the A's scouts years ago, Judd. I don't know where you. Oh, were. that's right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he hired uh, who was it? Uh, Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Jonah Hill. Yeah. Was that fat Jonah or skinny Jonah at the time? Yeah, that was fat you know, Jonah, I got right? In trouble for saying Melissa McCarthy was funnier when she was fat than skinny, but uh, <laughs> Jonah Hill also was funnier when he was fat. Than when he was you were excommunicated fat. from the FM station, Pat. Yeah, I'm banned, banned from the FM station. <laughs> just for but, a little uh, fat joke. But Jonah's, you know, he was a lot funnier than he. I just think fat is funny, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I'm trying to think of, like, there's some skinny you know, people that I find I, funny. I, I, yeah, John Mulaney is a skinny can't, funny but you guy. Can't, but you can't be fat, get skinny, and be as funny as you were fat. Yeah, it's funny. That's what like I'm Jackie saying. Gleason. If Jackie Gleason got skinny, you know he's not funny. <laughs> he would have been funny. No. Would Dave and Chappelle you know be funnier if he was fatter? Because he's already incredibly no, funny. No, no. That's a different style. That's a different style. Because here's the fat guys. Here's the problem with fat guys' jokes. They can't do a lot of jokes about you know, getting lucky, you know, okay, right. with women. Right. Because everybody knows that's BS. You know, <laughs> that ain't happening. You know, so you got to, I mean, like Cedric, you know, of the, the Henry Tanner of, of all the, of all the, he could, you know, he had to do other things. He couldn't do the, the, the lady jokes because, I mean, he could make fun of his wife and stuff, but he couldn't do the lady jokes because everybody knew Cedric wasn't getting that. So if you're going to take all of the fat comedians of all time and say, who has the most to lose if they were to lose 150 pounds in terms skinny? of like, like who has the most humor to lose? I think Chris Farley would rank number one. Oh, yeah. Like if Chris Farley yeah. lost 150 pounds back in his day, it would just. He died to candy. John Candy skinny, yeah. not as funny. Yeah. yeah. But Chris Farley doing the hairless figure skating skit. Oh God! Would not have been nearly fun, as funny if he weighed one eighty. You're right. And when he weighed three fifty, and he's laying out of the ice with his stomach even, and she's got her, her skate on his stomach. <laughs> That's funny. Yes. That's not funny. And you know who's getting funnier by the day? 
me with this pandemic. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be hilarious by the time this damn thing or dead. One of the- you're gonna be playing casinos. Oh man! Oh god! Yeah. The Roycey tour. I just waddle out there, belch. I'm, you know, unbelievable. That's funny though. See, you don't even need to talk. Yeah, I know. It's funny. All right. Well, Pat, we'll let you get back on the road. And uh... I, I got a tragedy, Judd. As a former writer, you can now uh, fill to. What's that? I I got two things to do today, and one of my one for Friday I had finished. Yep. And I went to save it. Yep. On Word, and I hit something, and the notes popped in that I had before I wrote, it, and not the finished copy. I feel and like you're on a bad stretch of lost it, columns, it, Pat. Yeah, but most of them I've been able to find somewhere. But this one got replaced by other copies. Oof. So uh, this was one of those times when I'm down in the den screaming obscenities and the wife's wondering what happened upstairs. You know, what, uh, <laughs> if I saw a spider or something. Like that. So, anyway. Well, good luck. Start, that ain't funny. Start it's writing funny. in WordPress. Star Tribune, I think, has a word. Write in WordPress. It'll help you. It saves it. Bye. Yeah, I guess my advice isn't going to be no, listening. He does, does not give a rip about your advice at all. He's on a bad streak. He's lost like three columns in the past six months, which is a lot to lose. Woof. Maybe he should start dictating like Sid does. Hey, I took, Sid, I, I took the uh, Sid dictation more than a few times. <laughs> I actually took it when he broke the story. When, when Kirby got the three-year, $9 million contract in the was it early 90s, which at that point made Kirby the highest paid player in baseball. Sid called that in, and I took the dictation. Look at you. The ghost, the, the ghost Kirby writer Puckett, of the 90s. Kirby so Puckett good. signed, agreed to. That was great. That was good stuff. You, <laughs> you, listen, you got hey, that? You stiff? Hey, you got that? You stiff? Hey. And then he'd get very mad. If, if you read back to him what he dictated to confirm it, he'd get annoyed by hey, that. It's Mr. Bunnies. Mr. Bunnies. Oh, oh. I, was, I wasn't Mr. Bunnies at the time. I think I was Mr. Bowling back hit, then. I got hit by a pen of him throwing it in disgust at uh, the Vikings defense against the Bears in week 17 of 2018. Hmm. He threw it at you or just threw well, it in Well, he threw it in disgust and it hit me in the back of the head. And I thought it was maybe Judd or something. And no, I looked up and it was... That would be a heck of a shot Cra- from Kramer my perch was, in the press box. Andrew Kramer was trying not to laugh. And I was like, oh, well, then it was Phil, Phil had to sit by Sid for how three years? Three years? I sat next to I Sid. I bailed on that seat, by the no, way. Every Vikings you. game for three... Every Vikings home game for three years. And like the my entire existence for all of those games was like... Trying to take my own notes and do my own thing. Yeah, see, this is the problem. But, Sid. but the two things that Sid would do, number yeah. one, he would always ask me to change his batteries. batteries. Yeah. You have batteries? He had this old 1980 recorder with like yeah. the, the, well, the, I've seen it. the Price is Right microphone. <laughs> and I would always have to change the batteries. And, and, and it took like 73 AA batteries right. every time. Yep. like For a and then, one hour charge. And then the other thing he would do is because he was usually busy like tinkering with something or wasn't paying full attention to the game. He would elbow me and ask, like, what happened on the previous play 15 or 20 times every Hey, hey, who caught Seifert that? used to sit. So, <laughs> so I, I joined the Vikings beat with Seifert in 2005. And Seifert was with us, I think, 2005 through 2007 before he went to ESPN. And Seifert would sit in that chair by Sid doing what you had to do for every game. And Seifert, God bless him, he was a saint. And, and when Seifert left and I took the lead beat writer position at the Star Tribune for the Vikings, 
I told those guys, I said, I ain't doing it. And I sat the <laughs> farthest end of the Star Tribune so portion that, that I could. And so it was you and I think Mark Craig. And Mark Craig was not going to oh, put batteries God. in Sid's recorder. So it fell to young Phil Mackey. The other thing, so on the other side of my, and by the way, like this seat, was literally like 50-yard line. It was, it was a great seat. But not socially well, distanced. It was not socially distanced. So <laughs> sitting to my right was Larry Fitzgerald Sr. Oh, and I've I have a quick Larry Fitzgerald Sr. story before we wrap this podcast. This one took place at, I think, a Twins game at the Metrodome. And so it was like 2008 or nine or something, and I'm sitting in the top row of the Metrodome press box behind home plate. And there weren't that many people at, it wasn't like that press box was jam-packed for, you know, like a noon game on a Wednesday or something. And so I'm sitting there, and Larry is probably three seats to my right, and there's no one between us. And I go and get a bag of popcorn. I'm hungry. So I'm eating popcorn. Oh, boy. And all of a sudden, from my right, I hear, hey, hey. Like, he's, like, trying to get my attention. But I wasn't sure if he was whistling at me or saying hi. We, we, sure. we didn't really know each other that well, clearly, based on the rest of what I'm about to tell you. And uh, so he he tries to get my attention, but he doesn't say my name. And so I'm just kind of I'm just looking ahead, watching the game. And finally, he he goes, hey, big man, big man. And I'm like, at this point, I'm pretty sure he's referring to me. But I am just like waiting for some other way to get my attention. Right. So I finally I'm like, all right, I look over and like, yeah, he's been trying to get my attention for three minutes. And he goes, can I get some of that popcorn? (laughs) He's like from three seats away with no in between us. He's calling me big man and he wants some What'd you popcorn. Do? Go get him popcorn? No, I just or like, give him some of yours. I handed him the bag. He took a big handful. He thanked me. And then oh, I that's hilarious. Like, All right. oh my God. I've <laughs> never understood the, the uh, what is the qualification to be called big man? I, I was, been, I I was slightly offended by and that. And is big man a, a term of, hey, big man? Or, you know what? You're sort of, you're sort of fat. I think it's been called big man. Yeah, I mean, the fact that Declan's never been called big man, it's discriminatory, okay? I wasn't that big in 2009, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, no, you you definitely weren't. The worst that I have had in that regard was, this is probably a year or eight months ago or something. During a commercial break, I'm going to the bathroom and going down the, the hallway. And I pass a woman... Who I don't know her name, of course. Nice. Judge been here for nine years, here. doesn't know anyone's name. But I know, but but like I know her face. I've seen her a lot before. And so I pass her and I'm like, hey, what's going on? It was actually Ginny Morris. As, yeah, no, yeah. I know Ginny. But I'll never forget. She's like, hey, big guy. I'm like, what? I got called big guy by a woman? Like, when like, was this? Eight months ago? Okay. Oh, so this is before COVID. So this is this would have been oh yeah like way the, before like the COVID. whole building was in play here oh yeah 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 I'm trying to think of the people I could that, point her out if she's I don't know like I know the face I just don't know her it, name was it Rebecca and Ruth dude I that, how that old was fa- the woman Ray arranged probably around my age probably around fifty oh not Rebecca well I don't know who that could yeah be. it wasn't a young it wasn't a young person let's was get that, to the bottom of this yeah we're gonna but anyway this she's out. she's like hey hey big guy we want like, I've never been called big guy by a woman in my life and it, it was taken aback. As part of Game Show wow. Friday one time, Declan, we once uh, played a game called Coworker or like oh, yeah. American Idol finalist or something yeah. with Judd. <laughs> or like we literally like MLS listed soccer player. People oh. that Judd would have seen on a daily basis around right. the office or like American Idol finalist. And oh, I think God. Judd went over. <laughs> no, I got, didn't I get one right? I, don't I thought you were very proud of me. I thought I got one right. But yeah, it was not good. Oh, my God. So. 
All right. Well, that's a wrap on Mackie and Judd. Don't forget to check out our daily Vikings content, too. The Purple Daily Podcast and our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash score north. We will be back with some scoops on Thursday's episode of Mackie and Judd. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plug Door Chris Howard. University of Michigan QB J.J. McCarthy makes bold predictions but doesn't fulfill them, and Ohio State kicker Noah Ruggles misses an opportunity to etch his name in Buckeye lore. Fans love their teams and the players. That is, until they don't. When it comes to finger-pointing, you'll find no greater antagonist than the fan. Why? Because it means more to them, or so they believe. As a former player, nothing angers me more than armchair charlies accusing the teams of overlooking opponents or blaming players for providing bulletin board material. But leading up to the game, the fan is the one talking the most, boasting the most. When the team is winning, it's a lot of we talk. But when the team loses, it turns into they lost. You will never know what those moments feel like because you didn't put in the work to earn those feelings from those moments. That's the great thing about being part of a team. You win as a team, you lose as a team. We cry, we console our brother, we don't point the finger, we go back to work, back to the early morning workouts, the hill sprints, back to the bloody noses and broken bones. Why? Because it really means more to us. Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From football to basketball to soccer and esports, we've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. And don't forget BetOnline for NHL, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts.